When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Perfect for all occasions and the ultimate crowd pleaser. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. Midday Madness time. You call, you will get your on. That's the Midday Madness promise. one 736 The open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? Thanks to Sammy Edmund for uh, doing a great job with the show Yesterday, always love it when Sammy's on and on. No, you love it as well. Plenty of time for your calls today. We'll have a chat later on in the program to uh, Jack Madgen, delisted magpie. He's going to join us. I think Simon O'Donnell's going to talk some cricket with us as well. Uh, Kyle Adnam for some basketball as well from Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, the captain of Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. So some NBL later on in the program. But it's midday madness time and jump on the line. one 736 Just been talking to Jared. If you didn't hear... A chat with Jared earlier. Um, so last year's season, last year's AFL season began Wednesday night, March 16. But this season coming will start a week earlier, thanks to the Magic Round. So there's an extra round in there, which will create a new blockbuster holiday Monday game, Labor Day, which will be March 13. So instead of starting the season on the Wednesday night, March 16, or the Thursday night, as it would be, um, there will be a start to the season a week earlier, which will mean the long weekend, Labor Day weekend, is in play for the AFL to have a new blockbuster on the Monday. It's only a holiday in Victoria and South Australia. It's Adelaide Cup Day in South Australia. They call it uh, Adelaide Cup Day in SA, but it's Labor Day in Victoria. Who gets the new blockbuster on Monday, March 13? Or even Sunday night at the MCG or Marvel as a blockbuster Sunday night? fixture with the holiday the next day I would and I've always thought this suggested that the showdown could be the Sunday night game on Adelaide Cup Eve I think it would be perfect for South Australia to have that as a blockbuster weekend as the curtain raiser in a way for the Adelaide Cup the next day have the showdown on but it's always something they're reluctant to do and that is schedule the showdown for round one because it is a blockbuster marquee in round three or four they don't necessarily need it in round one. The blockbuster on the Monday, it won't be Carlton or Richmond because they'll open the season on the Thursday night. That's what the tradition has always been, uh, which is another question as well. What game should open the 2023 AFL season? The fixture is still a week or so away from being revealed, maybe even 10 or 12 days away. Last year, the opening game of the season was the grand final rematch 
between Melbourne and the Dogs on the Wednesday night. This coming season, it won't be a grand final rematch between Geelong and Sydney for a few reasons. Geelong and the AFL won't open the season and are still being redeveloped and under capacity GMHBA Stadium. We've talked about this before. Uh, Geelong doesn't want another home game at the MCG, so they don't want to host a home game against the Swans at the MCG on a Wednesday night. And the Swans don't want to host a Wednesday night game at the SCG either. So the AFL, you would think, would open the season again with Carlton v Richmond. Or or should the AFL give another two teams the Wednesday night season opener as a blockbuster spot or just go back to having that Thursday night opener between Carlton and Richmond? Anyway, Carlton and Richmond will play on the Thursday night of round one, whether it's a season opener or not, which rules them out of that Monday afternoon Labor Day blockbuster. Who gets it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number if you'd like to join me and send through your text as well on the 40 Winks Tampa text 0433981116. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Aaron Finch is also high on the agenda. So if you'd like to call about Aaron Finch like Steve in Vermont has or send through your texts on Aaron Finch, by all means, do that. Uh, in fact, we might start with you, Steve, in Vermont. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Welcome to you, Steve. Your thoughts on Aaron Finch? Um, he retains his spot because he's captain, but, gee, he scratched around last night for his 31 off 42. Dwayne, it's an absolute pleasure to be first caller of the day. Let's have a great debate about Aaron Finch, you and me, because uh, hello to everyone in Vermont, too. Mate, it brings a tear to my eye to speak to you. I respect you immensely, but I think, Jared. Jared uh, hit the nail on the head when you started talking about Aaron uh, and wanting to drop him from the team. I don't think that's the right thing to do, mate. He's the captain of the t- team, and he's only one good innings away from a smack, 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 six, six, six innings. He didn't go out. He steered the ship, and he let Stoinis get all the accolades. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not planning to drop him either, Steve. I'm just asking the question whether in this form we can win a World Cup with him in this kind of form still in the team, whether at some stage, whether it's against England at the MCG on Friday night or later in the tournament, if he continues to play the way he's playing at the moment, will it come back to Hornus at some stage? Or I think we will just stick with him. He's captain, so I wouldn't be dropping him either, Steve. But it's got to be a consideration given how frustrated he looked with his own form last night. Dwayne, I must say, mate, we've got one of the biggest batting lineups. World Cup uh, T20 history has ever seen. These guys can all smack it over the fence. He's not going to go 31 or 42 if we're not looking to win the game. He's going to hit out and give someone else a chance. But if it does go right for him, he can hit it as big as anyone else. So we can't write off the captain. He's a Victorian. We love you because you're a Victorian. Oh. <laughs> you know? uh, hold the i got something for you for kicking us off in that kind of fashion. You've got a Signet Boost power bank valued at fifty nine ninety five coming away. A Signet Boost power bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered twenty four seven. He has to play against England, but gee, uh, if he fails against England on Friday night at the MCG, I suppose he's still got a couple of games to get his batting right. Ireland at the Gabba, and then Afghanistan at the Adelaide Oval. But uh, gee, how big's it going to be against England at the MCG on Friday night? Um, Kieran in Kilsyth, you got a game for Monday Labor Day. Welcome to you, Kieran. Who should get the blockbuster? Uh, I was just thinking on form this year, Dwayne. Possibly Western Bulldogs v Collingwood for a Monday, Monday lunchtime, Monday afternoon game. What do you think? 
So the Western Bulldogs Collingwood played on the Friday night last year, so it was a blockbuster of sorts, but you're quite happy, and I think it'd be a good move to give the Dogs a home game on that Monday afternoon, Kieran. I think that's not a bad idea. It, it has to be a home game hosted by one of the smaller clubs, and I say that uh, affectionately about the Dogs, even though they're in the Premiership window and won one back in 2016, but to give them a helping hand to get a big crowd game and put them front and square in the opening round of the season... It's it's a, it's almost a no-brainer to to make it a dogs Collingwood game, isn't it? Well, if you you can put anybody with Collingwood, you know for a fact the Collingwood supporters are yeah. going to come out and put at least fifty thousand in the stadium. So it's going to be like they were awesome. I, I go for Essendon, but watching the Collingwood games, that crowd, I I would kill to have that kind of crowd at the Essendon games. Yeah, it's a good point, Kieran. Hart, appreciate your call. Uh, hold the line. We've got something for you as well. You've got. Uh, what have we got here in the prize cabinet? We've got a Brick Lane Brewing voucher for you. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Got a heap to give away as well. Um, John in Bundura, welcome to you, John. Okay, Dwayne, how are you? Uh, just want to talk about the uh, start of the round and, uh, this next year. I think if uh, AFL is smart enough to put uh, Collingwood and Geelong after the first game of the final six points, and that will be a biggest Bob. Uh, game ever I reckon and thought about cricket Finch should be dropped to the further down or get rid of him because not going to win the World Cup Appreciate your call John I do Trout and Wooden you got a thought for the Monday blockbuster welcome to you Trout Hello Dwayne and all the listeners out there with the public holiday opening the season let's why can't we have at Docklands St Kilda Hawks or Dogs Roos Opening the season, they're both going to... They'll come. So you have two Victorian teams that have, have the day game and then we have a, an interstate derby with two teams that don't get marquee games as well and, and let them build up their memberships and, and their TV uh, coverage. Which two Victorian teams get that Monday game, though, Trout? Who are you suggesting gets it? St Kilda Hawthorne? Well, it ha- Is that what you're well, saying? Well, it's St Kilda... Yeah, it was St Kilda Hawks or the Dogs Roos, or you mix that around. None of them have really have marquee games, do they? No, the Dogs Roos have got the Good Friday game, so I'm not messing with that. I'm allowing the Roos to continue to host that. But I do want a blockbuster on the Monday, and I think if, if you had St Kilda Collingwood or you had Bulldogs Collingwood, it does give you the opportunity of having a blockbuster. But the trouble is you're giving Collingwood another blockbuster. So for the sake of getting a full house, is it worth giving Collingwood another blockbuster or not? You might be better off having, you know, Melbourne Cup, uh, sorry, Adelaide Cup Eve, the Sunday night game, a blockbuster, say, between Port Adelaide and Collingwood at the Adelaide Oval on the Sunday night. So you got blockbuster Sunday night in Adelaide on their Cup Eve and you get blockbuster here somehow on the Monday for us as well. Mark on the Limestone Coast, you're a St Kilda man, so you probably think the Saints should be hosting a game on the, on the Monday. Welcome to you. Oh, Dwayne, you just stole my thunder. Seriously. No, the Port Adelaide Collingwood. That's why I find uh, actually I'm a Saints man, but mm. I'm a fair man, and I think that you can't you can't you know step all over the Adelaide Cup people, the horse racing people. I don't think that'd be very fair. So. Yes, I was going to suggest Port Adelaide versus Collingwood on the Sunday night. Um, you've got all that animosity over the Guernsey, so you've got all yes. the sideshow, the soap opera that's going to carry on and keep the AFL on the front pages. 
And then I actually agree on the Monday with that caller that just phoned up being a Saints man. I think St Kilda versus Hawthorne at um, at the Docklands, especially with Robert Harvey now walking out on Hawthorne, a little bit of soap opera, a little, little bit of drama. Um, I think that would be a great Monday game. It's true. Do you want your Monday game to be a blockbuster at the MCG, so a bigger crowd? Uh, or do you want it at Docklands and just, you know, fit 49,000 in there and make it a sellout kind of uh, Monday afternoon? I, I think I think it'd be better off at, at the Docklands, um, uh, mainly because of the uh, the atmosphere. I think you'd, you'd pack it in at the Docklands and it just would have that vibes, uh, you know, similar to that 2009 home and away game, St Kilda v Geelong. You know, when the Docklands is packed, it's a heck of a vibe. Great to have you call, Mark. Always good to have your contribution. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So who gets the new blockbuster? The AFL starting the season a week earlier next year because of Magic Round. So we've got a, an earlier season start, which essentially will have the season starting on Labor Day weekend. So Monday, March 13, is a new blockbuster that's up for grabs, only in Victoria and SA, because it's not a holiday in WA. It's not a holiday in New South Wales or Queensland. It's Adelaide Cup Day on March 13 in Adelaide and Labor Day in Victoria. Who gets the new blockbuster? Who deserves it? one 736 the open line number, or send through your texts as well. A couple of texts that have come through, quite a lot have come through on Aaron Finch, so let me race through a few of them. Dwayne, we can't win this thing unless Smith replaces Finch. Uh, Scar of Mesuedo, uh, West Meadows, thank you for that. Uh, blockbuster Monday, obviously, line in the sand. Bombers and the Hawks. Jamie from Bacchus Marsh. Dwayne, you're 100% right. Um, uh, luckily, Stornis went ballistic. We can't win with Finch in the team. Well, I didn't say we can't win with Finch in the team, but I'm just wondering whether at some stage the selectors are going to have to drop Aaron Finch if we are going to win this thing, if he can't get his form at least to run a ball form. Uh, no good knowing in hindsight. Uh, must get him out. That's from Peter. Thanks for that, Peter. Um, Dwayne, please show Aaron Finch some respect. He's been mighty for a long time. Ken from Fraser Rise, uh, I, I agree with you. He's been mighty for a long time, but it was a tough watch again last night. Keep Finch in. Not every Aussie goes for Australia. That's from Steve as well. Well, there you go, Steve. Um, he's been one good hit away for 18 months. He has to go. That's from Billy. And another one here. Australia can't win with Finch in the side. He must be dropped to make way for someone who is in form. Keep your texts coming. Keep your calls coming. Still got a heap to give away as well. We've got Mystery Craft beer bundles to give away thanks to Hairy Dog, the largest range of alcohol online delivered. We've got Garmy chicken vouchers as well. Plenty to come from the prize cabinet. Now, caller of the day gets a bottle of Buffalo Trace bourbon whiskey. And right now, if you spend over $100 on any Buffalo Trace product at hairydog.com.au, you could win a bottle of 20-year-old Pappy Van Winkle, which is valued at over $2,500. Back to your calls for Midday Madness next. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Great back to your calls for Midday Madness. Who plays on the new blockbuster Monday holiday game if the AFL start the season a week earlier? Uh, I think the season will open with Carlton Richmond on Thursday night, but on the end of that weekend is 
the Monday, March 13 holiday game in Victoria and SA. Who gets it? Joan Rovi, we got a thought on this. Welcome to you, Joe. Dwayne, how are you? Good. Yeah, I was thinking maybe the two preliminary final team losers can start off the round. The teams that didn't make the grand final. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, so that would be um, what Brisbane and Sydney, yeah? Oh, no, the prelim. But the... Uh, Collingwood and uh, Brisbane, the ones that missed out on making the grand final. Oh, Collingwood, yeah, oh, yeah, not Sydney, of course. Yeah, it won't be Brisbane because they don't have a holiday that day. So you're essentially playing a Brisbane Lions game on TV on a day where it's not a holiday in Brisbane. So I don't think they would give it to the Brisbane Lions. But uh, it's, it's a thought as... Th- Who's going to play it is an interesting thought. A couple of texts have come through. I'll read a heap of texts out because there's some interesting theories put up on the text. But Tim and Berwick, before that, welcome to you, Tim. Hey, Dwayne. Um, there's one team that's never had the home go at a blockbuster. They've only had one go at being the away team at the blockbuster, and that's St Kilda. Um, I think the Bulldogs only share the one with North as Good Friday, but St Kilda was the second team on that Good Friday one. We don't get any, we're the only other Melbourne club that has never had one. And the fact is, it has to be St Kilda and straight up. There's no other argument into it, you know. It's, if we get a continuous situation where teams are getting three, four blockbusters and a club that everyone says is on the AFL seat gets nothing, well, then it kind of feeds on itself. And maybe against Essendon, considering so many of their supporters are so salty about not getting rocked. Mm. The hard part about that, Tim, and I do like your suggestion, I think giving St Kilda a blockbuster home game is a great idea and Essendon would be a great matchup. But the trouble is if you put it as St Kilda-Essendon on the Monday afternoon, it's going to be too big a blockbuster for Marvel Stadium. So in essence, you'd probably have to play it at the MCG because you'd get 70 there, wouldn't you? Ross Lyon is the new coach. I think over time, but like, what's wrong with making something like Liverpool sell out Anfield every every week, and it's hard to get a ticket? What's wrong with making it a premium? Yeah, that's a good point you make, Tim. I mean, there's nothing better than having a nightclub with a lineup out the front, even though there might be plenty of space inside. Uh, it just gives the indication to anyone thinking of going in. Hey, must be pretty damn good in there. Um, nothing nothing better than a sellout occasionally. Anthony Craigieburn, welcome to you, Anthony. Yeah, Dwayne, good afternoon. I'm kind of with the last caller. You, you're very limited if it's going to be Melbourne and clubs. I'm, I'm kind of thinking St Kilda, North Melbourne. Two new coaches, round one, clubs, sponsorship, uh, memberships going through the roof. Now, do you sell it out at Eddie Hat or do you take the risk of maybe trying to get 60, 70 at the G? Yeah, look, I don't mind having two Marvel tenants play and maybe having a sellout but I uh, there's something within me that says why would you lock out 35,000 fans so if you're going to have at least if you have two big drawing Marvel Stadium clubs and North Melbourne's not a big drawing club but if you have two big drawing Marvel Stadium clubs you're probably going to have to play to the MCG but um, you know having North Melbourne involved Marvel Stadium 49,000 and you're only maybe locking out 10 it might not be so bad Uh, appreciate your call Anthony, hold the line. Got something for you. You've got a Brick Lane Brewing voucher as well. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Dwayne's World for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile. And for Brick Lane Brewing, for lovers and makers 
of great beers. Okay, a heap of text, and then we'll head back to your calls. Uh, Hydrino Cats VDs, the two previous premiers. Thanks for that as the Monday afternoon new blockbuster slot. Uh, another one here. Move the Carlton-Richmond game to the Monday. Victorians and the wider AFL followers will watch the season opener anywhere, anyway. And to put a higher focus on the national game and give the Q Clash great prominence. Open the season with the Q Clash. So a Thursday night season opener, Q Clash at the Gabba. Uh, it gets lost most seasons and deserves a build-up. They're not a uh, crazy idea, Ash. Appreciate your call with a national perspective on the game. Uh, Good Friday football was the brainchild of Jack Elliott, and he was suggesting the Blues v Dogs to have it as a blockbuster. How it got hijacked by um, uh, North Poor Management by Carlton. Surely Carlton on the rise and the Bullies would be a better option. Uh, Bill, thanks for that. Now, I think the trouble is Carlton in the opening round of the season will play Richmond. And it'll either be, I think, the season opener on the Thursday night, or maybe they could move it, Carlton, Richmond, to the Monday afternoon. It has become that big a game and let somebody else open the season on the Thursday night. Um, couple, quite a few texts on Aaron Finch. Uh, here, Aaron Finch isn't out of form. He's lost his eye due to age and he'll never get it back. Happens to all batsmen. Um, selectors have turned their backs one to two years now, hoping Finch could turn it around. And it's now embarrassing. Tim from Aspendale Gardens. But there's the other side of it. All this hysteria about Finch. I was at the game last night. He carried his bat and was not out. And Australia won. Give it a break, all you haters. Nick T from Mernda. Thanks for that, Nick. Appreciate your text. Uh, Hydrine, maybe put Green in. Finch, 12th man. Um, yeah, it's uh, dropping the captain is such a big issue. That's the hard part right now. It's, it's the captain you're dropping. And that's why he's not going to get dropped against England. I mean, he's playing against England on Friday night at the MCG. But uh, let's hope he gets some form because we might need every one of our batsmen to contribute, uh, at least to run a ball for their time at the crease if we're to beat England. Dwayne, blockbuster, Port v North. That will start Jaws going. Callum in Port Adelaide. I'm not sure the AFL would want to manufacture a blockbuster off the back of North Melbourne fans booing Jason Horn Francis, but uh, that has been suggested before. Uh, people complaining about Finch. What about Glenn Maxwell? I'd be dropping him first. Hasn't done anything for a very long time. Nathan in Tasmania. He did look like he was hitting it pretty well last night, Glenn Maxwell. He looked fantastic before he was hit near the jaw. So uh, on last night's form, I'm keeping him in. Uh, play Carlton v Richmond on that Labor Day afternoon instead of the Thursday night. Quite a few coming through on that. Uh, St Kilda v Essendon, the battle of the new coaches. There's a few options for battle of the new coaches in this coming season. Uh, I'm dropping Finch, unfortunately. Opening with Stornis, who opens for the Melbourne Stars, and bringing Smith in. That's from Adam. Uh, hi, Dwayne. I've been watching Finch scratching around for two years. He needs to go. It's that simple. Macker in Canberra. A lot of people with an opinion on Aaron Finch. Um, Finch showed last night that he's finished. Gee, um, there's a few coming at him even harder than uh, I thought they would go. I thought it could be 50-50, but it's looking more like about 75-25 um, oh, at the moment. Uh, surely North and Port at Marvel. Horn v his old mob would be a promoter's dream. Derner, again, I don't think the AFL would do it, but who knows, they might. Bulldogs versus the Giants at Marvel, another option. Uh, another one here. I can't stand Monday games. 
Why did I even bother trying to put on a blockbuster? Or why do they even bother putting a blockbuster on on a Monday? That's from Shane. Uh, you can be guaranteed if the footy starts on the Labor Day weekend because it starts a week earlier next year, uh, the AFL will be putting a game on that Monday. We'll take a break. Back to your calls and texts. You at Dwaynesville. Still to come later on in the program, the listed magpie Jack Madgen is going to join us after 2 o'clock. We'll have a chat to Simon O'Donnell about all things cricket and some basketball after 2 as well with Kyle Adnam, the captain of South East Melbourne Phoenix. Mark and Paran as we head back to your calls and text for Midday Madness. Mark, welcome to you. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. Uh, good show, mate. Um, just one of your earlier ideas about uh, the Carlton-Richmond uh, game that could possibly be moved to the Monday. I think that's a pretty good idea, actually, mate. It would uh, certainly draw a big crowd, uh, that's for sure. I know it's traditionally in the last few years been the season opener, but maybe just to mix it up a bit. And uh, couldn't we have Collingwood playing the Sydney Swans? I realise there's no holiday in Sydney, but there's a lot of Swan supporters, uh, blood supporters here. And, uh, mate... Collingwood haven't played uh, Sydney down here for 10 years, so I'm not sure what's going on, but I reckon that would be one hell of a season opener if I could get uh, Sydney down to play at the NCG against the Pies. What do you reckon? Yes, that's a good idea, but do we give Collingwood another blockbuster? They've got Anzac Day. Is it fair to give Collingwood another blockbuster when St Kilda and the Dogs probably deserve one? If North Melbourne are going to continue to be the host team for Good Friday, then maybe the Dogs or the Saints need to be able to host a blockbuster and maybe it ends up being the Dogs v Collingwood at the MCG. The trouble is, if you do that, it's not a home game for the Dogs because their home games are at Marvel. Um, But you couldn't play the Dogs v Collingwood without it being at the MCG. So you've got the dilemma with all of those scenarios, Mark, but at least the scenario you're painting is not such a bad one. It's just that we're giving Collingwood another blockbuster. Um, Got something for you as well. Uh, Thanks for your call. Uh, you've got a Signet Boost Power Bank valid at fifty nine ninety five. Signet Boost Power Banks will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered twenty four seven. Ray in Ashwood, you there, Ray? Yeah, hi, Dwayne. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, just uh, about the Saints. Pretty happy with uh, what's happened. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Ross Lyon after what happened. But I've come around and, um, you know, great to have Banger back and... Uh, and uh, Lenny and, you know, I'm really glad Enright stayed too because we need a bit of diversity there uh, as opposed to just Saints people. And um, I think the, the, the major thing, though, is having Walsh in there. And, um, it just means that uh, all Ross has to do is worry about coaching and not, not about other things. I think last time we didn't have a stronger enough committee and, and we were sort of doing things on the cheap. Um, and you tend to sort of, there's other things that happen in the background then. So I think this time we're a lot more stable than what uh, what we were last time. So I'm really happy to sort of see it all. And, um, you know, we just need to deliver now. Um, talk is cheap. We have to sort of try and do the best we can. But I think we will. I'm really happy with that. I'm happy as well. I, I think Ross Lyon, they're, they're instantly relevant again. St Kilda, having Ross Lyon there. And I've been a fan of this happening for two weeks or a week and a half. So um, I stated my case early on in this and um, I like the idea of Ross Lyon back coaching the Saints. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a big win for Saints fans as well. But And I said earlier on, last week, I think with Ross Lyon at the helm, they can finish better than 10th and 10th. 
the next two seasons. But again, the proof will be in the pudding. Hey, need to take a break. Couple of texts on the way to the break. And Dave and Josh, I know you're on the line. We'll come to you after the break. Uh, why would Smith replace Finch? He's hardly knocking the door down with his performances lately. I'm not sure Warner is doing much better either. Leave Finch. He's the best leader we have. He is a great leader. And for that reason, maybe you do just keep Finch in, even if he doesn't make big scores and doesn't make any scores at a runner ball. But the other issue, obviously, is uh, there's a World Cup to be won and you've got to be a little careful as to how many players in your team are out of form. Labor Day blockbuster should be the two oldest clubs, Geelong and Melbourne. That's from Daz, and there's a bit of merit in that as well. Uh, Carlton, one of the biggest drawing crowds, only one blockbuster. But uh, moving Carlton and Richmond to that Monday afternoon game could actually make that a huge day. Uh, You can't start the season with mediocre sides, whether that be in a Wednesday game or the Labor Day game. That's from Dave in Surrey Hills, and you're probably right with that as well. Uh, Hawthorne wants to play Essendon in the first game of the year, so I think they get it from Ross. There's been a few telling me that that is exactly what's going to happen, that Hawthorne and Essendon are playing in that first game of the year. In fact, one here saying, take it to the bank that those teams... Hawthorne um, will be playing against Essendon in the opening round. So appreciate your text. Keep them coming through. So many coming through. Uh, Glenn Maxwell was great last night. He was. He was fantastic. He was in great form. If you didn't watch it live and you just look at the scores in the paper, it doesn't tell you the true story. Uh, Saints v Dogs Monday. Hawks are playing the Bombers round one. Take it to the bank. So there it is on the text machine. Back to your calls and your text next year with Dwayneswell. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Straight back to your calls and your texts for Midday Matters. Josh in Rosanna. Thanks for holding. Josh, welcome to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dwayne. Hope you're going well. Just uh, just calling it a Monday blockbuster. I feel it's a uh, good opportunity to build a rivalry between... Um, Two clubs and two uh, two coaches that have got a good a good relationship with each other. Sam Mitchell and Alistair Clarkson with North Melbourne and Hawthorne. So you got two clubs that are essentially starting from square zero, um, building a platform at the same time. It could be something to build for the future. What do you think? Yeah, there's been a few texts on that as well, Josh, suggesting that that would be the the best idea. One here, Blockbuster North Melbourne v Hawks, Clarko v Mitch, Mitchell. And you might be right. I mean, to, to create something from scratch, um, the, the Carlton-Richmond game wasn't always a blockbuster to open the season. There were one-sided games and Carlton couldn't win for ages. So you have to, you have to start something new sometime and maybe starting something new at this time, given that the AFL, we think, or I think, is going to open the season a week earlier due to Magic Round um, being the extra round. We're going to have 23 games per team per season next year. Um, it could be the way to go. Josh, hey, appreciate your call and you're a contender to be our caller of the day, which wins a bottle of Buffalo Trace Bourbon whiskey and you'll go into the draw if you are our caller of the day to win yourself uh, go into the draw and win a bottle of 20-year-old Pappy Van Winkle, which is valued at over $2,500. Um, keep your calls coming. A couple of texts that have come through. One here, um, so when is the 2023 fixture expected to be released, Dwayne? The AFL seem to be pushing the release back more and more each year. 
disrespecting the fans as usual. Yeah, I'm not sure it's disrespecting the fans if it doesn't come out. It's normally come out around Melbourne Cup week. So it is rarely out at this stage anyway. But next week it is due out, but it might take an extra week. And if they need to take an extra week because Magic Round is something new, then it's not disrespecting the fans. What they're doing is actually giving the fans an extra week of footy. And they want to sort out Magic Round first, which means that there's lobbying from state governments, etc., that they have to go through. So um, uh, the conspiracy theories are always out there. Oh, the AFL, they're no good. They're trying to wreck it for fans. Well, they're actually trying to make it better for fans. So if it takes a week longer to get the fixture, um, that, so be it. Uh, Bulldogs with the Giants at Marble Stadium. Uh, for some reason, that's come through a few times. So Dwayne wrote a ridiculous idea. All local cricket finals are on that weekend. AFL doing stupid AFL things again. That's from Fogg. Um, again, people want to whack the AFL. As if, do the AFL need to take local cricket finals into account? Um, they've got their own business to run. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure they need to take local cricket finals into account. Uh, and the other thing here about, well, one here. Sorry, Dwayne, your theory is flawed. The last Saturday in September is a week later in 2023. And so it would be a further week stretch to get a Labor Day. Magic Round can be fitted in without bringing forward the season. Yeah, so the way that it's structured, I didn't want to overcomplicate things when we came on, but the way it's structured is the AFL players are also looking for an extra buy in the coming season, which the AFL could actually give them. So two buys during the season, and then it would start the extra, extra week earlier in the season, if you know what I mean. It's too lucrative, I think, for the AFL to ignore the Labor Day weekend option. Uh, keep your texts coming through, though. Love your texts. On the 40 Winks Tampa text, get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. David Melton, you got a thought on this. Welcome to you, Dave. G'day, mate. How are you? I heard you talking before about the Bulldogs and Collingwood. We actually played the Bull- our home games against the Bulldogs at Marble every year, so I don't know what's going on there. And as a Collingwood supporter... We play in blockbusters every week, so we don't need this. <laughs> uh, just to rub it in a little further, Dave, I appreciate your call. Um, Dwayne, isn't Geelong v Collingwood now worthy of a blockbuster after their two games this past season? Absolutely, it's worthy of a blockbuster. But Geelong also has Easter Monday. Um, yeah, but that, that Monday game could be a huge one as well. I mean, Geelong-Collingwood would be massive at the MCG on a Labor Day Monday opening weekend of the season. Uh, and maybe that's what the AFL want. They want to sell out 90,000 just about at the MCG, which would be huge. Another text here, Hawthorne already has Easter Monday. Um, people are delusional if they think North um, v. the Saints will get 60,000. Thanks for that. But it's not a bad option to have North v. the Saints. Uh, St Kilda v. North would definitely be round one, should definitely be around one game. Ross v. Clarko, that's from Paul, who thinks it's a good idea. Um, Use the Sunday and Monday to play the rematches of the previous prelim finals. So there's been a few suggestions that way. But again, it's not a holiday in Brisbane. It's not a holiday in Sydney. And it's not a holiday in WA. So the games involving teams from those states won't be played on a Monday afternoon on a work day in those states. Back with more of your calls and your texts after the break. You're with Dwayne's World. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Massive couple of hours still to come. 
Delisted Magpie Jack Madgen among our guests later on in the program. But it's Midday Madness. Your call will get you on and we'll continue to take your calls in the next hour. One criticism of me is that I don't read out enough of your texts and there have been hundreds coming through today. So let me bang through a heap of them. Um, one here, uh, Nathan from Wallen, I think Port and Geelong on a Monday or Essendon v Hawthorne on a Monday. Thanks for that. Hey, Dwayne, if you want a blockbuster game, you've got to have two teams that are going to be fighting for top four. Having Hawthorne secured at no interest, I'll be watching the races. Uh, the Labor Day weekend is the last chance families can get away before football season. I say no game on the Monday. It's not going to be, have to, it's not going to be compulsory that you have to go or watch it. You can still go away with your family, even if there's footy on. Um, Pipe, Essendon and Geelong, the two brothers as coaches against each other. That's from Vince. Uh, that is the country game as it stands right now. So Essendon and Geelong do have something that they've got brewing as a blockbuster in its own right. But you're right, that'll be a huge game. Absolutely, if that was the opening Monday of the season. Uh, Dwayne, it's a no-brainer after the last home and away game of 2022 with that. What was the stake? It should be Carlton v Collingwood grudge match. Um, normally the AFL waits for a Carlton Collingwood blockbuster because they're always blockbusters anyway for about round three or four. The reason I don't think it'll be Carlton Collingwood, and it might be on the Monday afternoon, it's because, as I mentioned, it's not a holiday in New South Wales, Queensland or WA. So you're essentially cutting off uh, a national audience in three states. Their numbers are going to be down. But it doesn't mean you can't put Carlton and Collingwood on. It's just that there won't be a full country worth of people sitting home to watch it on a Monday afternoon if it is that Labor Day weekend game on that opening weekend of the season if they decide to open it them. What is Magic Round? Well, Magic Round is when every team is going to be in one state playing a round of footy in that one state. The NRL does it. It's been a success, so the AFL is going to do it this year. Um, St Kilda and v Hawthorne sounds like a boring kind of game. Two sides beginning a rebuild. Um, Finch, one innings away. Question mark, give me a spell. He's one innings away from another failure. I love the passion for Finchy, but acts speak louder than words. Cheers, Bryzer. Well, he's going to have Friday. He won't be dropped for Friday. And we'll talk to Simon O'Donnell about it a little later on. He'll be playing Friday against England, but it's a game we can't afford to lose. Uh, Dwayne, they could do this magic round on Labor Day holiday weekend. They could and play the interstate teams or the non-Melbourne and or the non-Victoria and non-South Australian teams on the Friday night, Saturday and Sunday and save the Monday game for at least teams involved in the states that have got the day off. So you're right, they could do it on the opening weekend of the season. I'm not sure they will, but it is an option. Um, nine days ago in a World Cup warm-up match, three games ago, Finchie made 76 off 54 against India. He was the only real contribution from our batters in that game, Greg. So, nice reminder from Greg that, yeah, he might, might have been out of form last night, but his frustration last night with himself, he knows he's struggling at the moment. And it was hard to watch him go through that kind of pain because he's frustrated with himself. Uh, Finch has got to go. He can take Warner with him. Well, again, I thought, I thought Dave Warner and Glenn Maxwell were both pretty good last night. I mean, Dave Warner was striking it well. But, um, you know, he got unlucky picking out a fielder off the meat of the bat with a drive. So he was in good form. He was fine in the middle, whereas Aaron Finch couldn't find the middle. Glenn Maxwell, he did look fantastic before he was hitting the jaw as well. So, 
you know, there's a couple of guys who, even though they didn't get the big score and it doesn't look great in the paper today, if you watched it live last night, they were in ripping form whilst they were out there. Uh, not as good a form as Marcus Stornis, of course, 59 off 18, Australia's fastest ever World Cup 50. We'll talk about that to Simon O'Donnell a little bit later on in the program. Uh, Finch will play all the games while he is not in great form. He is the captain, and you can't drop the captain mid-tournament. That would be lunacy. Thanks for that. Keep your text coming, and we'll return to your calls straight after the break for news. one 736 Midday Madness continues. Jump on the line. We'll give away some more prizes. Great to have your company for Dwayne's one. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Perfect for all occasions and the ultimate crowd pleaser. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Always great to take your calls from Midday Madness. Love having a chat to you about all things sport. Uh, Rhonda and Jan, you're already on the line, so we'll get to you this hour. Big show still to come. Kyle Adnam, captain of South East Melbourne Phoenix. We'll have a chat to Delisted Magpie, Jack Madgent, and uh, I think Simon O'Donnell is going to join us later on to talk some cricket as well. But let's continue with your calls, as I love to do. Dwayne's Ward for Kogan Mobile, by the way. Make the call, switch to Kogan Mobile, and for Brick Lane Brewing, for lovers and makers of great beer. Rhonda from Valdivis. Uh, welcome to you, Rhonda. Hey, Dwayne. Always good to talk to you when I can. Um, yeah, I'll just did do I, quickly. Did I pronounce that incorrectly, Rhonda? Where are you from? Uh, Baldivis. Yeah. Baldivis. Where's Baldivis? Western Australia. So, yeah, nice. In Perth. So, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I've... Yeah, I was at the Optus. I was at Optus Stadium, not last night, but a couple of weeks ago when Australia played England. Um made the mistake of thinking it was going to be an amazing match. Well, it was a good match, but it was the first international match, cricket match in Perth for ages, and I paid through the nose for premium tickets. And then I realised when I got there, Australia were treating it as a scratch match um, with their fielding. So things that you can't see on TV. Uh, England were just doing heaps better than us. So they were so much more desperate. Our fielding wasn't the Australia fielding that I've grown to expect. Um, so for me, it was just... Uh, a little bit disappointing, although it was a pretty good match. But, um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that our form hasn't been great. But um, there doesn't seem to be that intensity in some of those things that you don't see on TV that maybe we come to expect from Australia. But um, I was thinking there's a lot of people talking about Finch. But for me, um, I would be wondering about Pat Cummins rolling the side. He's a brilliant bowler for test cricket. But he doesn't seem to have the variety for me that a T20 bowler has. So the, the skills of an amazing T20 bowler, uh, you've got Andrew Ty for the Scorchers, um, was an amazing bowler, and then people sort of found him out a bit. But um, you look at Nathan Ellis, you look at Kane Richardson, they're brilliant T20 bowlers. Um, they would probably save us 20 runs. That Pat Cummins, you know, he's going for 40-odd runs. Um, maybe they need to relook at his position um, as well. So... I guess that's my two cents worth, um, yeah, for what it's worth. Uh, sounds, yeah. sounds like you know your cricket, Rhonda. I mean, we should give you a regular spot on the show. You're right that the extra, well, the 20 runs from the last over, which was bowled by Pat Cummins, actually put a bit of pressure on our bat, batsmen. It, it, our batters were, were kind of looking at a score of, you know, 140 for most of the night. And then all of a sudden, 20 runs from the last over to bump it up to 157 to chase 158. It just added a little bit of extra pressure. And 
It is an interesting thought process. I mean, dropping our test and now one-day captain as well, Pat Cummins. So, but there has been a few texts coming through suggesting that we probably should play an extra spinner and one less quick. And they weren't going to do that in Perth, but maybe that could be an option at the MCG. Hey, great to have you call, Rhonda. Uh, please give us a call anytime. Love to have you uh, more often. Um, Jan, welcome to you, Jan. Thanks for holding. Hello. Hello. Yeah, you're on the air, Jan. Welcome to you. Oh, sorry, sorry. Thanks for having me, Dwayne. Look, um, this is a little bit from left field, but um, the Saints Marco match every year is the Matty Rewalt Vision match, but it's never got a set time slot. It sort of chops and changes every every year. So perhaps slot that into maybe the Monday, and then Carlton could play either Essendon or Collingwood in the first match, and then play Richmond the second week. But then that yeah, would that's a interesting. The Saints marquee match. Yeah, yeah Jan, I, I like the idea of giving the Saints a marquee match, but do you sort of change something that isn't broke? And that is Carlton Richmond opening round of the season is a pretty good fixture. So do you change something to uh, open up that opportunity? But I do like the idea of having the Saints have a blockbuster on that Monday. So uh, I appreciate your call. Jan, I've got something for you. Um, you've got a... What have we got for you? You've got a Mystery Craft beer bundle thanks to Hairy Dog, the largest range of alcohol online delivered, hairydog.com. So uh, hold the line. We'll get that to you uh, from our producers very shortly. Benny Lyon will sort you out or A-Rod will sort you out there. A couple of texts that have come through. Uh, Finch also copped a lot of unplayable deliveries. Uh, Another one here on the fixture. Dwayne, can you name another professional sport that has an uneven fixture? Or is it just the AFL? Question mark. Well, what does the AFL do? I mean, we've got twenty, we've got eighteen teams. We've got a twenty-two week season the way we want it. We can't just play everybody once because that robs us of eight weeks of football. But at the same time, we can't play everyone twice because it's overkill. So we're somewhere in the middle right now, and I'm not sure there's an easy fix for the AFL unless you went with conferences which is um, three conferences of six teams, which I don't think the fans will cop either because it's very un-Australian to have a conference system, even though we have seen it in some other sports. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's probably one of the few sports in the world where the fixture isn't even. But what's the solution? That's the problem. It's all right to poke it at. If you've got one, send it through on the text. Uh, Finchie has plenty of credits in the bank, but the bank is almost empty. (laughs) That's probably where I'm at too. Plenty of credits in the bank. Um, and he's got enough credits to stay in the lineup for the game against England. And then he gets a chance against Ireland and Afghanistan to get some form back with the bat. But, um, yeah, he's lucky. Well, in some ways, we're lucky he's been so good. But at the same time, uh, he's lucky he's got so many credits in the bank. Pipe, I played a lot of cricket. And an innings like Finchie's last night actually gets you back in form. He didn't go out. We won. Mark my words, he'll make 75 off 50 against England on Friday night and will win, guaranteed. Planet from Geelong. Planet, send us a text um, on uh, next week with your number and if he makes 75 off 50, we've certainly got a Dwayne's World T-shirt coming your way. Um, another one here. The problem with Finch is his lack of runs puts constant undue pressure on the likes of Warner, Marsh, Maxwell and Stoinis especially when you get an over with one leg by after two big scoring overs. It pressures those other players 
to hit out more than they need to in order to make up for Finch's shortfall. Mark in Bentley. You could also argue that by not getting out, he lessens the pressure. So, yeah, hitting out and getting out actually adds to the pressure. At least he didn't lose his wicket. David in Mernda, you there, David? Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. How are we going? Good. What do you got for us? Yeah, look, um, I was thinking for the opening round, uh, a match that could be played. Um, St Kilda versus Sydney, we could open it up as the Pride match. Obviously, it's a festival season around that part of year in Melbourne. Um, we also have the Pride march just around that time. So I just think for equality, um, you know, and for the game, I think it could be, you know, a festival sort of feeling to the game, um, getting, it, getting them all there. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, David, I don't... I'm more than happy to have the Pride game as a blockbuster. I think it's a great idea. I think it would be uh, fantastic if it wasn't for the fact that it's not a holiday on that Monday in Sydney in New South Wales. So I don't think you'd want to play the Sydney Swans on a day game when everyone's at work rather than at home to watch it. But I'm more than happy to do it on the, on the Sunday night. Have it as a blockbuster Sunday night game, the Pride game, and then you know people at home in Sydney who are used to watching... Sport on a Sunday night, we'll be home to watch it. And those people in Melbourne can go because they've got the holiday the next day. So more than happy to put it on the Sunday night. It might, or a Sunday night blockbuster could be another one that the AFL might consider in Victoria or SA. As I mentioned, they could play the showdown on the Sunday night as an Adelaide Cup Eve game because everyone has the holiday the next day and it's not going to take over from the Adelaide Cup like it would have you played it the showdown on a Monday afternoon against the Adelaide Cup. But Sunday night, Adelaide Cup weekend could be perfect for that as well. Hey, need to take a break. Plenty of time to take more of your calls after the break. one 736 736 That open line for Werribee Kia, the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? And you can drop down and see David, Janan, Aid, Jim, the whole team at Werribee Kia. They'd love to see you. Not far away, Kyle Adnam the captain of South East Melbourne Phoenix and the listed magpie, Jack Madgen. One Love Pale Ale, brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Keep your text coming through on the 40 Winks Temper text. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. And you can Google the temper range, T-E-M-P-U-R, mattresses and pillows like no other. That text machine number, 0433981116. A couple of texts on the magic round. I agree, play this magic round on the Labor Day weekend to open the season. Uh, And uh, quite a few still coming through on Aaron Finch. When England win on Friday, it won't matter if Finch plays the rest of the tournament. That's from Chris. Uh, Kyle Adams being good enough to join us. Wild Kyle, South East Melbourne Phoenix captain. And the Phoenix are back on track, which is great news. Welcome to you, Kyle. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, mate. Great to have you back on track as well. You've played six. Uh, you've won three, lost three. But you've won your last couple, including that thriller against the Bullets. So you must be a bit more confident that uh, things are starting to head in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it um, was a bit of an interrupted pre-season and the first few games are always a bit tough, missing uh, four key guys for us. So 
um, you know, no excuse from that standpoint, but it's it's been great to have them back on the floor and obviously just giving us a little bit of depth on offense and um, really helping our defense as well. So it's been amazing to have everybody back. And uh, you hit form at the right time because you were down double digits against the Bullets and just got back for that one-point win. It was a great second half. Yeah, it was great. We were um, obviously coming off a tough game in New Zealand. We um, the, the travel and stuff, so those back-to-backs, um, we need to find a way to come out of the gates a little bit better. Um, we've got another one of those this week, but thought it was a great character builder for our group. Um, those tight games and, and coming away from wins in this league are, are really, really hard to get. So for us to be in a close game and, and to be able to walk out of there with a win was, was really great. And I think... I think a big, big, as I said, character building and chemistry builder for our group. Just been talking about Aaron Finch as the captain of the Australian team, whether he's in form or he's out of form. You were in form in the game. I think you were two or three from outside the three-point arc. You had seven assists. So uh, you've been shooting well from outside the arc this season, which is great. But you went on the floor the last couple of plays against Brisbane. So how does that all unfold? Oh, look, I think... There's, everyone's going to have their moments with our group and we understand that, you know, you, you look across our roster and there's no denying that we've got, you know, 10 or 11 guys that are, are capable of playing at this level or, you know, potentially even starting on teams. So I think as a group, we've all got to understand that our time's going to be different. One night it might be my turn, it might be Creaky's turn, it might be Gary, Trey, Alan, Joe, Rowdy. We've got all these guys who can have their nights. So, for me, walking out of there with a win is, is the number one most important thing for our group. So how do you take that when Simon says that you're sitting down and you're not part of that last minute? Oh, I think there was a really important few minutes before that. Um, you know, so for yep. me, understanding, you know, that I think we were down maybe four, five or six. Um, and we had a really couple of key plays against their zone. Um, I was I was lucky enough to make a shot and make a few great plays. So, for me, putting us into a into a position to go and win the game and having a guy like Gary with the ball, um, you know, someone who's a really good one on one isolation player at the end of a game, um, you know, for me, I feel like I was a big contributor to that fourth quarter win. So I don't take that personally. I think it's again more about how we get over the line. And there's going to be times where Gary and I are on the floor together or, or maybe we aren't but um, it's about accepting that and knowing that we've all played our little part to get over the line in that fourth quarter No that's why I was uh, asking the question because you were starring you looked like you were sort of controlling the game you helped them get back so that's why it was a surprise to me to have you off the floor but uh, you've explained it brilliantly massive weekend coming up you've got Perth in Perth Friday night and then a big home game against the 36ers who are everybody or a lot of people's pick to win the championship this year on Sunday as a home game. And by the way, if you want to buy tickets, you can still get tickets. They are available for South East Melbourne Phoenix Sunday game against the Adelaide 36ers. Um, big weekend coming. Yeah, huge weekend, mate. I mean, um, you know, two of the, the most informed teams in the league. And as you said, two teams that have been selected quite highly as to finish the season in a great position. So, um, two teams we got to see in preseason, but with obviously a little bit less of a roster than what we have now. So we're looking forward to facing them with our full group. And I think it's going to be a great test for us as well. You know, we're coming off two, two great wins, as I said, good chemistry and character builders for us. So 
to come. I, I couldn't think of a better time for us to play, you know, these two guys coming off um, wins. But, yeah, it's, it's really important that we just continue doing the things that we've done well, well. Um, we're sharing the ball well. We're playing defense. So I think if we stick to our guns and we, with all the guys we have on the floor, um, the talent we have on the floor, I, I really like our chances. But they're, they're two really tough outfits. Talking to Kyle Adnam from South East Melbourne Phoenix, the captain. And by the way, you can watch every NBL game live on ESPN via KO and Foxtel or via 10 Peach and 10 Play every Sunday from 2 to 6 p.m. And again, uh, you can catch the Phoenix in their home game on Sunday against the 36ers. Uh, Perth first day Friday night, and they were, they're going to be stung, Kyle. They were held to just 72 and gave up 103 against Tassie. And Bryce Cotton wasn't the normal Bryce Cotton either. Yeah, well, I think um, I think that's just a one-off for, for Bryce. He tends to bounce back really well and a star in our league, and he's done that for a long time. So, um, you know, we, we've got to really focus this week on on defending him, but also defending their group. They're they're coming, as you said, off a loss, which is you know probably unlike them. Um, and I think going back into their home arena, um, they're definitely going to be fired up. So we've got to be ready for that challenge. Um, it's always a great challenge going to Perth and playing over there their fans are incredible so um we got to do our best to try and try and get over the line and then come home against a, a really tough team in adelaide so what's your plan is it to put a big score up is it to well starting well might be a big part of your plan as well um is it your defense i mean your likelihood of holding perth to 72 at home is unlikely and obviously it's going to be part of your job to stop bryce cotton as well yeah, definitely. I think we'll all um, we'll all have different terms at defending Bryce, but I think for us it's um, it's about you know defense for us. That's something that we're trying to identify and create an identity amongst our group. And I think from our very first preseason game all the way through to now, we've done a great job or a, a good job on that end of the floor, which for us has been a great change from I guess previous years. So there's a big focus there for our group, no doubt. And I think there's no change this week with the guys that we've got to play against, you know, Perth and Adelaide, two firepowers on offense. So we're going to have to defend. Um, I think with the guys that we have in our group, we, we tend to always find a way to score. I think we've got some great playmakers and decision makers and, and scorers. Um, I think the defensive end for us is going to be really, really important, especially with these two games this weekend. And uh, just on that 36ers game, I know you're only taking it one game at a time, but after Perth, that Sunday game, 36ers have won the past two like you have. Uh, they beat the Sydney Kings, uh, and that's pretty good form coming in. They kind of got a lot of parts that you know. I mean, Robert Franks has been part of the league. Antonius Cleveland being part of the league. You know Mitch McCarron really well. Daniel Johnson's been there for eternity. Uh, Craig Round's probably their only different part to it, but he's in great form as well. I think he scored 24 against Sydney, and he was putting up some three-pointers, I think six of 11 from outside the arc in their last win. So um, they're kind of unknown, but there's a little bit of unknown for you. Yeah, definitely. I think they're, they're playing at a really high pace right now, um, getting up and down the floor. And as you, as you mentioned, they've got some really talented offensive players. So, um, you know, we, we're definitely going to have to slow them down and, and also keep our discipline as well. You know, people are going to make tough shots and it's about, you know, building that pressure over the, the course of four quarters and, Come the end of the game, we'll, we'll be in a position to win, hopefully. But, um, yeah, as you said, Adelaide Adelaide has been great. Uh, they've got great lengths, and um, defensively, they've been great too. So, um, you know, definitely going to be a challenge for us. But, uh, yeah, one we're up to. 
and a chance for you to be the number one team in Melbourne this year, Kyle. The mob down the road is struggling a bit. Yeah, you know, again, you know, they've, they've been a great team for so many years and you can never count United out. I think, you know, they're obviously figuring a few things out as we were in the first few games. But, um, yeah, I, I would never count them out for sure. They're always a, a really, really great team. And, um, yeah, you know, we, we never take them lightly. Always uh, great to have a chat to you, Kyle. I didn't think you'd add any fuel to that fire, but uh, we'll, we'll have a chat to you closer to the throwdown, see if you start the light one then. Uh, let's hope you light the fire against Perth in Perth. Uh, keep on keeping on. I know you're searching for three wins in a row, and hopefully you get a fourth win in a row in front of a big crowd on Sunday. We'll talk soon. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Kyle Adam joining us, captain of South East Melbourne Phoenix. And again, you can watch every NBL game live on ESPN via KO and Foxtel or via 10 Peach and 10 Play every Sunday from 2 to 6 p.m. Got to take a break for news. Come back to your calls. Uh, Simon O'Donnell's going to join us, I think, out at 2 o'clock. Sammy Edmonds going to join us if he has any breaking news as well. Delisted Magpie Jack Madgen, not far away from joining us. Uh, a couple of texts on the way to the news. Finch not getting out was just luck. He was dropped on 23. Uh, another one here supporting Finch. Dwayne Finch has to anchor the side and realise his role and let the swashbucklers hit out. That's the way he stays in. Um, on the fixture to make it even, a Tassie team and one from the Territory. Then we have 19 rounds and an extended final season. Yarra Valley Rod. I reckon Yarra Valley Rod, come seven years' time, you or ten years' time, you're on the money. Uh, I think that's what we will have. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a great time when we have 20 teams in the AFL spread around Australia. We play each other once and we have an extended final series. But we're a while away from doing that. And that's why we need probably something to get us through that might be a bit more even for those who don't like the unevenness of the fixture. Uh, Dwayne, kudos to Rhonda. She actually knows more about T20 cricket than 90% of the other experts that have been calling in. Dennis in Coolaroo. Yeah, well done to you, Rhonda. It was great to have your contribution to the show. Um, and scoring runs is the top five collectively. It's not about one of them. Nobody ever in full form all the time. And I get that as well. Greg from Auburn. Back after a break for news. You with Dwayne's Box. Boys, great to have your company for Dwayne Talk. Good to have A-Rod on the buttons, going back to his uh, 80s playlist as well. Uh, great to have your company with your texts coming through. So many coming through on that 40 Winks temper text. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Take a few more of your calls and give away a few more prizes as well. Got a couple of $100 Ballers Clubhouse vouchers to give away as well. Melbourne's largest bar and games venue. SEN listeners can get 10% off when you book your end-of-year function now at ballersclubhouse.com.au. But conditions do apply. We've got a couple of $100 Garmy chicken vouchers as well. Garmy, the unmissable chicken. Visit garmychicken.com.au for your nearest restaurant. A couple of texts coming through. Uh, solution for an uneven fixture. Have two leagues with a promotion relegation system. I can't ever see a promotion relegation system in the AFL. I can see a 20-team comp, but I can't see promotion relegation happening. I can't see a world where Collingwood and Essendon are playing in the second division 
because they've had a bad year and they dropped down to second division. So I'm not for that. I, look, could we could we have a, a conference system where you have three conferences of six teams and you play everyone in your conference twice and everyone in the other conferences once and that ends up being 22 games and it's a bit more even, the top three or whatever in each conference go through. But I don't think we're going to get that either. I think we're going to get what we've got right now because conference systems isn't something we're used to in the AFL world. But one day we'll get 20 teams and then it'll even itself out then. Hi, Dwayne. I wouldn't be surprised if the Aussie coaches give Finch the instruction to bat as long as he could for stability through the innings that they lacked in the first game. Forget about tearing an attack apart. Just pick your moments and get some quality time in the middle. Brent and Paran. Yeah, Finch isn't being dropped, but will it come back to Hornus if we get beaten by England on Friday night at the MCG and Finch either doesn't make a score or is only able to hit 31 from 42 deliveries again? That's the big conundrum for the selectors, but he won't be dropped. And we'll talk to Simon at all about that a little bit later on in the program. Sammy Edmund also to join us later in the program. You're with Dwayneswell. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Always great to have Sammy Edmund, though, doing the show and he did a brilliant job again yesterday it's been good enough to join me today welcome to you sammy great to have you back Dwayne. great to talk to you i hope you had a good day yesterday it was an absolute pleasure as it always is to uh sit in your chair and try to fill your illustrious shoes for a few hours well we had a bit of fun i heard you did and uh gee, you got plenty of calls too which was uh, nice to hear and uh, people don't realize this but uh, i did scour the text machine to see what kind of text came through, and you had hundreds of those as well. It's always well, funny to see. You know, the fixture, as you've as you've illustrated again today, the fixture is is a great talking point and a great storyline at this time of the year. We're going to have to wait another couple of weeks for it, but we're going to have some twists and turns this year, as you've touched on, with the season starting a week early to accommodate Magic Round, which is a story in itself that we chewed up a bit of time in, in this time slot yesterday. But, um, you know, people, Dwayne, they want to watch their team when they want to watch them and how they want to watch them, and... And, and that will all become clear, hopefully, by mid-November uh, at the at the earliest, I'm told, but hopefully sooner rather than later so we can see when our teams are playing. So what round of the season roughly will Magic Round be, do you think? I think it'll be April school holidays is indication that the clubs have been given at this point. So if it is to be, uh, speaking to Gary and Kane this morning, if it is to be in the uh, the April holidays, which is the autumn racing carnival up there in Sydney, I wonder what Peter Valenis might have to say about a the AFL stealing his magic round idea and b mm. hosting in his own backyard when this when their autumn carnivals are kicking off. But that's all part of the fun and the fair, isn't it? And look, I, I need convincing on the magic round to be honest, which uh, horrified Jared yesterday. But um, <laughs> if people travel en masse to watch their teams at a place like Sydney um, with the venues they have there, then it could grow and it could be a great thing, particularly for families during that school holiday period. Sounds like you think Sydney's more of a chance to get it than Adelaide then. Well, I do, only because history says the AFL has been at pains to grow the games in their non-traditional markets. And, um, and, and that, to me, would point to New South Wales, you know, an enemy stronghold, if you like, for, for another code. So that's where I would, 
I would see it going, but I wouldn't have a problem with Adelaide and the Barossa sounds great as well. I just think Sydney potentially have the superior venues and we saw people turn out for that preliminary final for, for other games they had up there this year with, with reasonable crowds as well. So, um, But who knows? It's a flip of the coin. The South Australian government, New South Wales government going toe-to-toe at the moment, Dwayne, and uh, maybe in time ongoing, it'll be open to the highest bidder, which of course will be great mm. for the, the coffers of the AFL. Yeah, Sydney or New South Wales do have more good venues. I agree with you on that. Adelaide Oval is spectacular, but they are talking about playing, mm. as you mentioned, a game in the Barossa, which uh, you know is, is not the not the venue that every team might want to play at. They'd love to play at the Adelaide Oval. Bit of footy news outside of that, though, floating around that you've uh, been able to uncover. Yeah, well, Geelong have revealed that their premiership forward, Tom Hawkins, what a star he was uh, this year again, will undergo surgery this week on a foot injury, Dwayne. Uh, the Cats saying he carried the injury towards the end of the season while still playing that influential role, of course, in their grand final victory. Now, he saw several specialists over recent days and weeks, Tom Hawkins, and they have decided to pull the pin and go under the knife. Uh, and now they're saying he'll be available early. They're using the term here, early 23. So, you know, I think there's a real chance, uh, even a likely chance, that he'll miss potentially round one, and, and who knows what might come after that. But they will prioritise a full preseason for him whenever that uh, comes to be for Tom Hawkins. And I think we're going to see a lot of this going forward across the competition anyway, Dwayne, with the uh, the elder statesmen of their respective clubs being given longer breaks and longer lead-in times for, for the season. And um, so if Tom Hawkins doesn't start training fully until, you know, hypothetically speaking, until well into January, then so be it. You want him at the business end of the season, uh, given his age and, and how much football he's played. Yeah, I agree with you on that. If he comes back round four and uh, is primed to go, then uh, it, it, perfect fodder, really. Um, late delisting from the Suns, late in the delisting season to yeah. be delisting. Yeah, Oleg Markov uh, has been told his contract won't be renewed for 2023. So 51 career games to his name, 28 of them with uh, the Gold Coast Suns, of course, after starting his uh, career. He spent the five years at the Richmond Football Club where he played the 23 games there. Played in the VFL Premiership in 2019 as well. But Craig Cameron, their list manager out there at the Suns, uh, saying we'd like to thank the opportunity to um, uh, take the opportunity to thank Oleg for his two years of service and wish him well for his next opportunity. So, uh, yeah, an interesting decision, that one, and a, a late one in the piece. But uh, Gold Coast, I reckon, might be players when it comes to the delisted free agency period as well. Uh, Dwayne, the preseason supplemental selection period, maybe a player like Jed Anderson that's been linked to them as well. Um, one to keep an eye on going forward as well. We know they got pick five in the, in the draft in uh, in about a month's time. Do you think Oleg will be picked up? It'd be ironic if he went to North Melbourne and Jed Anderson went to the Suns. Do you think he, he has got a bit still to offer, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he's of the right age, Dwayne. It's, um, well, it's really up to the clubs, isn't it? We know that it'll be a shallow draft pool, of, you know, listening to the, the clubs in, in the last few weeks, potentially the lowest draft, shallowest draft pool we've had in some time. So maybe Timing's not great for Oleg Markov, but it wouldn't be the first to go back uh, to the second tier and, and bide his time and, and have another crack after that. I'm not sure there's a logical suitor at this point in time. Andrew Dillon's spoken. He has. Uh, concussion, isn't that a big story at the moment, Dwayne, as well? Under-resourced, underfunded, and at times inadequate was how that independent report commissioned by the AFL yesterday described that concussion research project, of course, that was termed the past player project in the league yesterday, moving through Andrew Dillon to apologise to those former players. And there were several hundred of them, Dwayne, who took part in that study from 2014 to 2019. But most, if not all of them, left frustrated, angry, disappointed over the, the lack of answers and help and... Um, and really, a lot of these players saying that the past player project offered little more than lip service, really, and certainly did nothing to, to help better understand concussion in the code and, and the various, um, I guess, issues that these players are dealing with uh, at the moment. So Andrew Dillon spoke. He spoke also about the, the bench, Dwayne, as well. What might happen from here in terms of, 
you know, moving away from the Medi sub, which concussion initially prompted them before it became a little bit more broad than that. Ultimately, became a fast, didn't it, throughout the year with that rule being manipulated. So I think we all stand together and say that's got to go. But what does it look like from here? Well, Andrew Dillon spoke about what the bench might look like in 2023 yesterday. It got discussed at the commission meeting last week and we'd gone out to the clubs um, during the finals and asked them about their view on medical sub versus a just a tactical sub versus five on the bench. Um, again, don't want to get ahead of where we are, but it, it suffice to say there's um, been some really interesting feedback on that. So it was Andrew Dillon uh, yesterday, Dwayne. But yeah, plenty happening. Obviously, um, on Monday night, um, Alistair Clarkson returning from Europe, a stint with uh, Celtic and Ange Postacoglu. I think the North Melbourne board this week will meet, formally sanction his, well, start of work anyway at Arden Street. I think that will commence next Wednesday. Now, the terms of reference and that uh, that panel of investigators have been put together by the league to probe those uh, historical allegations at Hawthorne. You bring us the news, but uh, bring me an opinion as well. I like the, we've been talking about it on this show for a couple of weeks now. I like the five on the bench idea. I think it'll give teams an opportunity to do something tactically, go tall on the bench. I think a team like Melbourne who are going to play Gorn and Grundy in the same team or Fremantle are going to play Jackson and Darcy in the same team. I think it gives them an opportunity to go tall, but another team with a stacked midfield might go with four midfielders to rotate through. So um, do you think it'll be good because it'll add a tactical element to the game as well? Absolutely. I'm, I'm either for the five on the bench, which is which gets my gold medal, but I reckon a close silver, Dwayne, four with a sub, but make the sub strictly purely tactical so they can be brought on for whatever reason whenever the club decides. So that would also add another uh, tactical mm. element, if you like. But no, I'm for five. Let's just simplify things and, and, and put five on, on the bench and that removes and takes the pressure off the club doctors as well. So the Cats, we won't open the season with a grand final rematch like we mm. did last year. It won't be the Cats and the Swans. Uh, do we just go back to the Thursday night season opener between Richmond and Carlton or do we put something else in as the Wednesday night opener? Well, those two teams have got some pretty good currency at the moment, haven't they? I mean, Richmond, yeah. given the trade period they have, Carlton, given they beat Richmond in the corresponding clash last year as well, who who might uh, might be finals bound come 2023. So at least both teams on paper um, would, would, I guess, um, it'd hold some promise for a good game, wouldn't it, Dwayne? So I'd probably be tempted to go back to that. I like the idea of a grand final rematch, but as you say, that's not going to happen 12 months on. Or do they go back through the trade period, the AFL, and just try to find the spiciest one they possibly can? Would it be would it be the Dogs and Brisbane? Would it be Geelong and Collingwood after the, the Ollie Henry standoff? I mean, maybe they go back and try to find a a spicy one if they can from the trade period. And if the season does start a week or two earlier, do you think the players will get their way and get a second buy? And if we do start Labor Day weekend, who gets the new blockbuster on the Monday afternoon? Yeah, I like that idea. That another blockbuster slot. We're all for those. And do, do we rotate it or do we have the set? Mm. Do we have a set match up? They're the topics that we debate um, all the time. I don't, I've got to check in with the CBA, Dwayne, to be honest with you. I've got that on my homework list at the moment to see where that's at in terms of the AFLPA and, and what they might push for if uh, we do start a week early. So I, I might take that on board as homework and we might chew that over tomorrow. I look forward to it. Uh, always great to talk to you, Sammy. We'll talk soon. Good on you, Dwayne. Sammy have been joining us. Get a .au domain name, webcentral.au. Um, Mario and Ivanhoe's on the line. Has got a suggestion. Welcome to you, Mario. Yeah, good afternoon, uh, Dwayne. Look, uh, I don't understand why this seems so complicated. I think it's pretty simple. Um, there are 17 teams. Uh, sorry, 18 teams, so therefore 17 rounds. I think that every team played each other twice over a two-year period. That just means in the first year, you'd need to lift the number of games uh, played around from 23 to 25 or 26. And that means that one team 
would play, uh, like say, Tony Campbell, North Melbourne will play everybody once, and then they would play half the teams this year and the other half the following year. That means that every two years, everybody plays each other twice. That's as fair as you're going to get it. Otherwise, Mario. you perpetuate... Sorry, go on. No, no, you go on, Mario, because you've... You're on the money. It would make, even though it's spread over two years, it would give us a more even situation than we've got now. But you, you take away two showdowns every year. You, you can't have a year where you only have one showdown if we want blockbusters well, as well. Well, w- with respect, uh, Dwayne, you sit there and a lot of the pundits are sitting there saying, oh, well, the big big clubs are better organised and, you know, good luck to them because they're, so, they're much better financially. But you're just perpetuating inequality by having every all the big clubs insisting on getting their showdown games, or insisting that they play Collingwood play Essendon twice, or Melbourne play uh, say Melbourne play Carlton or someone, whatever whatever the situation is, you are perpetuating a, a system of inequality where you are prioritising showdown games and and uh, traditional rivalries, and then saying they've got to go first. Who says, why should they go first? All that does is no. perpetuate inequality. It makes the richer clubs richer, and therefore the, the, the other clubs are forever chasing their tails because they can't get exposure. Yeah, you make a really good point, Mario. Hold the line. We've got something for you. I appreciate the chat. Um, I don't like the idea of not having two derbies and two showdowns a year. I don't think that um, is something that favours the big clubs. But having two Collingwood-Essendon games every year and two Collingwood-Carlton games every year does actually enhance the opportunity for those teams to have the big blockbuster games at the expense of others. I get that as well. But two derbies and two showdowns and two Q clashes and two battle of the bridges, I don't think, does perpetuate that myth. Um, but we've got a mystery craft beer bundle coming away thanks to Hairy Dog, the largest range of alcohol online. Um, delivered, hairydog.com. Or if you'd rather, a $100 ballers clubhouse voucher will give you that. Melbourne's largest bar and games venue. SEN listeners get 10% off when you book your end-of-year function now at ballersclubhouse.com.au, but conditions apply. Simon O'Donnell, not far away from joining us on Dwayne's World. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. been great to have so many of your calls for Midday Matters on that open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? And the full team down there, David, Janan, Aid, Jim, the whole team at Werribee Kia. If you're in the market for a new or a used car, they've got a huge used car showroom as well. A huge amount of outdoor stock ready to roll for you to kick the tyres, drop down and say hello to the team. They'd love to see you. Tell them. We sent you. Still plenty to come on the program. We'll have a chat to delisted magpie Jack Madgen, who's looking to find a new home after 49 games for Collingwood. So we'll have a chat to Jack about whether he's had any interest from other clubs. Simon O'Donnell's also going to join us. So looking forward to having a chat to Simon. A couple of games on later on today at the MCG. If the weather's okay, England v Ireland at the MCG, Essendon 
uh, Essendon, New Zealand v Afghanistan. I'm just reading an Essendon text as it comes through while I'm talking about the cricket. New Zealand, Afghanistan as well at the MCG. So Simon O'Donnell did join us a little bit later on to talk about that. In fact, after the news, a couple of texts that have come through as I go back to your text. Um, maybe we should have used the warm-up games to bat Finch in position instead of batting Cameron Green as an opener. Green wasn't even in the bloody squad. No wonder Finch is down on confidence. Hammer from Roville, and you make a good point. I mean, why wasn't Finch opening in those lead-up games? Um, has any thought been given to the talk of a shallow draft being bluff? Phil in Abbotsford. Well, we'll see on draft night because on draft night we might see a few teams that have got picks 17, 18, 19 trading up to get a pick in the first 10 because we're hearing the first dozen or so are going to be guns. We'll take a break. Plenty still to come on to Angel. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Perfect for all occasions and the ultimate crowd pleaser. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Head back to your calls very shortly and have a chat to the listed magpie Jack Madgen a little bit later on in the program. But a couple of big games at the MCG today in the T20 World Cup, if the weather is kind. And let's get a weather update from the great man himself, Simon O'Donnell, former on-field guru, now SEN cricket guru, live from the MCG. Welcome to you, Simon. Great to have you back on the program. Dwayne, nice to uh, be part of the afternoon with you. And as you well know, sitting here in a commentary box uh, above the MCG, it's a highlight to be playing on it. But I think secondary, to be sitting here and watching it all unfold is absolutely brilliant. So were you there the other night for India-Pakistan? No, they, 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 um, they couldn't pay me big enough bucks to get here the other night. So they've got me for the blockbuster with, um, Australia, uh, with England playing Ireland. Sorry, I shouldn't even mention Australia. Why would they have me at one of those games, Dwayne? But uh, <laughs> we've, got, um, we've got the Poms taking on the Irish. There won't be 90,000 here like there was on Sunday night. Uh, that was a, a spectacle. Um, I live not far from here. And uh, I could hear the roars from home. It was spectacular what took place. And watching on the telly and listening to the troops on the radio was absolutely brilliant. So the cover's off. How's it looking? Covers are off. Rollers on. I'm just trying to figure out the moment, which there's a contest within a contest here at the minute. The English are in a circle with the soccer ball warming up, and so are the <laughs> Irish. But I'm right. not sure which way to go at this stage. The Poms are looking mightily efficient with the soccer ball. They're heading it and mm. uh, half shinning it and all those sorts of things. They look fantastic. Yeah, but it is a World Cup and England don't win those uh, with the soccer ball either. So um, if they took well, on Ireland, they might lose that. video of the warm-ups just in case they want to rush someone into Qatar 22 from the Cricket <laughs> World Cup. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Are we going to get two games a due? And we kind of, I think Australia need the games played, don't we? If they get washed out, it, it doesn't work in our favour. Yeah, I think it's a bit early to sort of make make a call on where where things are going to settle. You know, Australia's just got to be in charge of their own destiny from here on in and keep winning games. The form can fluctuate in these 2020 games you know, so radically that, that you know it, it's hard to sort of you know even put in pen, you know, England to beat Ireland. You never know what 
can happen. And there's no form here. The last time these two sides played was 2010, and there wasn't a result in that match. Uh, mm. It was rained out, snowed out. I'm not sure where it was played, but it was one or the other. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the Irish will they'll come and want to play, and that, that's been basically the MO of their cricket since they've come onto the international stages. They just go out and have a crack. So you know, England has still got to be on their game. I, I do expect England to win, obviously, but uh, I, I want the Irish really to make a game of it. Now, I presume, given you're a great Victorian, one of our greatest of all time, that you're glass half full on Aaron Finch's form at the moment. Oh, that was one of the, the, the better 30s you'll ever see. I like it. Uh, the fact that it took 42 <laughs> balls, though, um, let's hope it's a, it's a great 30 off 30 against England Wayne, Friday. There would have been a day in your footy career where you would have said, look, I'm not getting a touch, <laughs> but what I am going to do, I'm going to shepherd and I'm going to tackle and I'm going to smother and I'm going to do all the one percenters. Just write that into that match for Aaron Finch last night. All, all he was wanting to do was have time at the crease you know, Stoinis came out and saved the day, and that was just a remarkable innings from Marcus Stoinis. Mm. But you know, it was just good to see the captain understand where he's at, want to do something about it. And, you know, if, if he needed to turn it on, I'm sure, you know, that would have happened And you know, we, we, if it got tight towards the end. But, uh, you know, he needs time in the middle. You don't often get that chance in 2020 cricket. So at least he's had some overs. He looked like he was getting a bit annoyed with, uh, if not himself, his bat. Something was wrong. Um, there was a there, he, he'd send it, use the edge a lot. Yeah, that's generally a pretty bad sign. <laughs> I'd seen him that way. <laughs> What's the old saying when we used to play cricket all those years ago? Dwayne was well, you know, it's part of the bat. We bought that as well, the edge. You know, <laughs> no, right. no, might as well use it. Um, look, he's not in the best of form, and. He'd be the first to admit that. But he, he's trying to rectify it. Gee, it's hard to rectify it in such a massive tournament yeah. where there's just no breathing space. But he, he found a bit of breathing space in Perth. He, he was able to bat for 18 overs. He mightn't have batted as well as we know he can bat, but at least he spent some time and, and faced 42 balls out in the middle. So that's a start. Marcus Stoinis, though, put on a show, and it was just a sight to behold, wasn't it? When someone gets going with that sort of power in a in a 2020 game, it is it just draws you to them. It's fantastic to watch, and you know that clinical clean hitting was was brilliant, and it probably gives an indication of why. You know, and you can debate it. You know, there's Steve Smith fans, and there's there's others who you know are happy to have the hitters in that middle order, and that's what Australia's done. They're gone with the hitters, and Marcus Stoinis is one of them. It came off, you know in a great fashion last night, which will give him a lot of confidence because you know, his name was starting to be bandied around. Mm. As, you know, is, is he the man to be in that top, top six spot? Well, last night he said, yeah, I am, and I'm, I'm here for the World Cup, and uh, I want to make sure I make an impression on it. What about our bowling attack? The 20 runs from the last over bowled by Pat Cummins was an interesting one. We had a caller earlier on saying that, um, you know, do we go with that attack? And is Pat Cummins, if someone has to give way for another spinner. Is Pat Cummins the one? Where, where do you see our bowling attack at, not just for this Friday's game against England, but going forward? It's just the one thing, Dwayne, if we're being overcoached in one area, it's just that the bowling worries me. I just want to see Mitchell Stark open the bowling. He's mm. the best new ball bowler in the world. 
And, and don't tell me you know, there's a better matchup for him at four. You know, opening batsmen when they walk out to play Australia generally do not want Mitchell Stark at the other end. So I, I just I don't want to, I suppose, overcomplicate what we're doing. Mm. We've, we've got a wonderful fast bowling armoury backed up by a couple of really capable spinners. You know, let's not get too cute here. You know, the, the game is still played 22 yards apart, you know, um, I would much rather be facing you know, a Pat Cummins early in a 2020 than I would a Mitchell Stark. So let, let's be real and get the best opening bowler we have in T20 cricket bowling with a new ball. And who do you like the look of so far in this tournament uh, when it comes to the form that they've produced so far and what they might be able to do at the pointy end? Kiwis are the favourite. I think the Kiwis will win the tournament. I, I think they're... I love how level they've been the last two or three years. Uh, they've been competitive in all forms of the game. Uh, they, they bring a, a, a structure that has trust in each other. I, I think from a, a group point of view, what I'm seeing at the moment through body language, training ethic, the way they're playing, the way they communicate with each other on the field, I think the Kiwis are a top shelf to win this tournament. So can we get our form to the point that we'll become a threat to them come the end of it? Because uh, we know that form can change. Or uh, well, who's our biggest sticking point on the way through, do you think? Can England bring us undone this Friday? Yeah, they can. You know, the, the Poms are rated two in the world, so you know, they're, they're going to um, you know, take some beating. Uh, India, you know, here, you know, only chasing a modest total of 159, you may say, but... You know, it's imperative in these 2020 matches you get off to a good start and you know, neither Pakistan or India got off to a good start here the other night. So, you know, then chasing your mid-hundreds is difficult because the guys are coming in uh, at regular interview, intervals trying to get rhythm and score runs quickly and, it, and it's, it's tough. Um, the Kiwis, I think, just to have all their balance right and, and Australia has to do that between now and semi-final time. That's mm. if they make the semi-finals time. Mm. That's the tough part. You know, we, we've got the Poms and the Kiwis on our side in this draw. So, so nothing's easy on, on the Australian side to, to even be, you know, top two. They've got to make sure they get everything right from now on in. They can't afford to put a foot wrong. And before I let you go, there was a bit of a drama at the Empire Rose Stakes barrier draw today. Were you there? Not to my knowledge. Okay. No, you weren't there? Okay, that's yeah, a... was. Oh, you was there. So what happened? Oh, my word, I was. We ran out of marbles. <laughs> so they did the barrier draw, but there was one too few yeah, barrier draw short. marbles in the yep. barrel. Yes. Yep. You know how people say to me all, often, you know, he's a marble short, that bloke. Well, they were a marble short. So have they found the marble that was supposed to be in there? Where did the marble go? I don't know where the marble is. I think someone someone stole the Tom Thumb and they were playing with it outside. Right. Yeah. Wow. So no, we had no uh, marble for Barrier 14. Uh, I'm not sure what they've done to rectify it because, thank God, I had to come here to get to the cricket. Right. So you, you couldn't – there was smoke coming off my tyres. I left that quickly. I wasn't sure how it was going to be rectified, <laughs> but I'm sure they've done it properly. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, very funny stuff. Hey, great to have a chat to you, Simon. Uh, speaking of smoke coming off your tyres, uh, one question I was going to ask you last year, but we didn't get around to it. 
So when I cook the ribeye tomahawk steak, I want to know beforehand, because I didn't get to ask you this last year, how many hours out do I season? Are you a day before, night before seasoner? And do I let it rest at room temperature before I put it on the open flame? Okay, two things. Your ribeye generally comes from a more mature beast. It'll be what we call a four or six tooth. So it's, it's more grown, should be more marbled, hence a bit more fat going through it, be tastier. So be careful of your seasoning, Dwayne. Season your younger cuts more so than your older cuts because your older cuts have already got that beautiful marbling and fat running through them more so than the younger cuts. So um, your, your tomahawk, just be careful. If you're talking ribeye, that'll come off the naught to two tooth. Yep. No, no problem with it seasoning, and do it when you want to. Do it just prior and crisp it on the outside. Turn it quickly on a really high heat, or do it the night before. Sit it in the fridge, but make sure you get it out in the morning and let it sit before you cook it at lunchtime. We want it at room temperature or even a bit below room temperature. You got a whole show uh, doing this at some stage, Simon. Uh, good to be able to pick your brain on. All things barrier draw, cricket, and barbecuing. We'll talk soon. <laughs> See you, <laughs> Simon O'Donnell joining us from the MCG, where at least the covers are off and the weather doesn't look too bad. England v Ireland and New Zealand v Afghanistan, the two games coming away from the MCG today. And you can catch all the action with Simon O'Donnell from the MCG at 2.30 on the SEN app, where you can hear every ball of this year's T20 World Cup. Lost in the wash. Next on Dwayne's Life. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. What's been lost today? We should have got to it by now, but haven't yet. Jump on the line and tell us what's been lost. one 300 The open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. Awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? Give a few things away as well, including a couple of $100 Ballers Clubhouse vouchers and some $100 Garmy Chicken vouchers. one 300 Here's the number. Simon in Oakley South, you've got a loss in the wash. Welcome to you, Simon. Uh, g'day, Dwayne. Um, thanks for the show. I love it, mate. Um, I might be wrong, but um, before each, each, each match that I've watched, there's, there's been the national anthems, but there's been no been no welcome to country. Like, I'm happy to be wrong, but um, it just seems that, that that's been lacking. I think they're on the score. They're, they're on the big screen. Uh, they tend to happen... But they're not on the coverage themselves. But they also do happen, Simon. It's just not a, not on the coverage itself. So if you're at the venue live, I think there's always a welcome to country, my understanding. Now, I haven't been to a T20 World Cup game yet. But my understanding is they do have the welcome to country live at the venue, uh, if not live with uh, an Indigenous person doing the welcome to country on the venue itself. Uh, on the big screen, they have one, Simon. I don't think they'll be playing the World Cup games Without a welcome to country myself, but if someone's got an answer on that, uh, jump on the line as well. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Luke in Preston, welcome to you, Luke. Dwayne, how are you, mate? Good, thanks. What do you got for us? So um, I'm just calling in regards to uh, 
the firstly, I, I gave a recap last week or two weeks ago about the Formula One, and I tried to call Monday, but I had a I lost my voice. So, quick recap on the US Grand Prix. I know it's a few days past, but yep. you can tell the sort of sting's gone out of out of the season a little bit now that Verstappen is confirmed champion. Um, Hamilton was right up there for most of the race, and he's trying to break the drought because he's actually won a race in every single season he's, he's participated in, except for this year. And with only three races to go. It looks like it might not happen, and he definitely had his best chance on uh, on Sunday in the in the US Grand Prix. He, he finished runners up to Verstappen, but yeah, Matt, the Red Bulls look look awfully strong, and and you know they're just untouchable this season. But the other thing I wanted to touch on was uh, Jack Doohan, Mick Doohan's son's making his debut this weekend at the Mexican Grand Prix um, in free practice one for Alpine. So we got Jack Doohan, we got Daniel Ricciardo, and Oscar Piastri all. <laughs> fighting for drives at the moment, Luke? Yeah, that's it. So, obviously, you know, Oscar Piastri's, you know, confirmed for McLaren next season. It looks like Ricardo's definitely going to have the year off. I know there were talks of him uh, getting a reserve role potentially with Red Bull, but it, it doesn't look like that's going to be in the works. Huss has said they, they wanted him, but he doesn't want them. Um, so, he looks all but out for next season. But, yeah, Alpine are now giving uh, Jack Doohan a run this week in free practice. And the funny thing, the bit of irony to that is Oscar Piastri is still contracted with Alpine and he hasn't had a, a practice run this year at all. So they're obviously snubbing him because he's gone off to McLaren for next season and uh, they're not even going to give him a run at all this season. But yeah, Jack Doohan gets his first crack at him. Hey, nice update, Luke. Uh, thanks for giving us one. You've got a $100 Ballers Clubhouse voucher coming away at Melbourne's Largest bar and games venue. SEN listeners get 10% off when you book your end-of-year function now at ballersclubhouse.com.au. But conditions apply. Vince in Plumpton, welcome to you, Vince. Yeah, how are you, Dwayne? Good. Thanks for the show, mate. Brilliant show today. Um, Thank you. I was thinking, listening to everyone about blockbuster games and stuff, uh, we tend to forget the the VFL teams and stuff like that. I reckon next year they should... um, make the, the uh, VFL teams play out in the country region, you know, um, especially if people are out on a long weekend. And they can also support the community that are doing the tough out there by getting a crowd out there and having fundraisers mm. and stuff, just to um, get them back on their feet again. It's just like a stimulate the, the local economy and stuff. And I reckon by the VFL teams playing all down here, like a golden round for region Victoria would be um, a great idea just to sort of lift up the spirits and morale and stuff and getting people down there, getting the vibes in the, in the local community. Yeah, there'll be one AFL preseason game as well still played before the season starts and hopefully the AFL continues to have the AFL teams play in country venues around Australia. It's always great when the country venues are visited. There's been games you know, various country venues that I've been lucky enough to go to, games in Shep, um, game in Colac, so game in Warrnambool. So let's hope that continues to happen. Um, you know, games in Port Augusta, I think, uh, for um, Port Adelaide playing up there a couple of times. So let's hope that continues to happen around Australia as well, Vince, because you're right. I mean, country footy and country towns need as much help as they can get. Uh, hold the line, got something for you as well. Uh, you've got Aiden Holes of Golf for you and a mate with a cart. At Club Mandalay, get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek for just $99. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. Lost in the wash for Identifiber, your specialists in asbestos and hazardous materials. 
assessments. A couple of texts that have come through. Um, sounds like Simon O'Donnell has started the Melbourne Cup weekend early. New Zealanders, clear favourites, please. That's from Damien. Thanks for that, Damien. Another one here. Whoever's talking about cricket, just stop talking. New Zealand favourites? Seriously? So uh, there's a couple of that don't believe New Zealand should be the favourites. And one here, Cam from Chernside Park. Dwayne, with the barrier draw. They put all 18 marbles back in the barrel. They then drew one marble out for yearning. And whatever barrier yearning drew, they were going to push all horses outside at one gate. Um, so, yeah, they, they did a redraw for yearning. But my understanding is yearning ended up drawing gate 14 anyway. So it ended up being the same barrier, which is... Bizarre in itself. We'll take a break. Jack Madgen, not far away. The listed magpie. Welcome back to the program. Great to have your calls and your texts coming through. Thanks to everyone that's taken the time to dial the number and send through a text today as well. Dwayne's World for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile and for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. The pies were flying this season. Jack Madgen has had a career that's gone 49 gains worth, but he wants to extend it by another couple if he can. And he's been good enough to join us to have a chat about what the future might hold and whether any clubs have contacted him. Uh, Jack, welcome to the program. Great to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Dwayne. It's, it's a pleasure to be here, mate. So what's on the agenda for you? Uh, you obviously want to keep playing if you can. Have you spoken to many clubs? Yeah, obviously um, my number one priority is, is to still keep playing. And, you know, even though I'm 29, it's only my fifth year in the league, so I still feel like I'm, I'm getting better and, and the body's, the body's doing really well. Um, so, yeah, my number one priority is to keep playing. And, and there has been, I guess, there has been enough interest out there um, for me to still have some hope and, um, and still pursue that side of my career. Um, but I'm also, um, I guess I am preparing a little bit for, for if that doesn't happen in a plan B because... I can't, well, obviously my, my wife's pregnant and um, so I do need a bit of a plan B to, to make sure we have some security as well. Does, does plan A also enable you to move into state if you had to? Would you go into state to play? Yeah, definitely. Um, she, my, my wife's American, so she's followed me oh. over this far. So, um, so I'm more than happy to, and we, and we both are more than happy to, to go wherever to, to keep playing to keep playing at the highest level. So that's, that's something we've spoken about and and we're definitely open to moving. And the the opportunity to play elsewhere, you you have been a a great servant of the Collingwood Club in that you've been happy to be a depth player for them. You've been there and you've provided when they needed you, but you've also been happy to give your heart and soul, uh, even if you're not in the best 22, just in case you need it at any time, which is a valuable asset for a club to have. Yeah, and that's, that's sort of what I've, I've prided myself on. I know um, the Cat B rookies, um, they are a bit of that project player, so it's, it's also what else I can bring bring to a club or a team. And um, playing, I've, I've played professional basketball, um, so having that professionalism coming across um, has really helped and, and helped me sort of find a niche in the team, whether that's playing in the AFL or the VFL. Um, but that's sort of what I hang my hat on, is, is being that professional, good teammate, always being ready, and, I mean, um, when the opportunity does come, it, it is about taking it. And, and that's sort of what I've, what I've prided myself on. And, and that's how I've been able to, you know, get 49 games out of myself at Collingwood. And the senior leadership side of things as well is something that some clubs want. And you've got that. In fact, um, I'm hearing that you might even be 
a chance to be involved in Clubland post your career in those leadership kind of roles? Yeah, yeah, and that's it's something I work on, and, and I also like thanks, thanks Fly at Collingwood, uh, Craig McRae for for helping me work on that in the past season, being a better leader and teammate, and that's that's sort of what we spoke about mostly. So it's it's something I always am working on, and something I'm really passionate about post, I guess, playing career is is helping that younger generation and in that well-being or development space. But I still think I can do that as a player on the field, and I think that's where you get sort of the best results um, is that shared experience on the field and, and being able to help them in, in real-time moments. So, yeah, I guess I guess that's what I'm passionate about. But um, I, I think playing is is also the best way to, to achieve those results as well. And also as a swingman, can you, you can play forward and back, can't you? Yeah, I played, I actually played, um, I started obviously my career as a defender and sort of where I carved out my niche and then last year under Bucks, he played me on the wing for a couple of games and, mm. I, and I played well at the AFL level on the wing and then this year obviously we had some sore boys in the forward line and that was probably the best opportunity for me coming back from injury and I, I had some pretty good games there in the VFL um, and just obviously Ash Johnson came in and started playing really well in the forward line in the one so just Probably wasn't that opportunity for me there, but I'm very confident um, I could play either end at the AFL level and and obviously wherever wherever I'm needed. Like that's that's sort of what I hang my hat on as well as that versatility and and diligence to roll. So yeah, that, that's sort of where I could see myself. You've also been part of two different Collingwood styles, I suppose. Nathan Buckley style, Craig McRae's style, not just on field style, but the way the club has gone about it as a professional organisation under two different leaders who, in some respects, are, are very different, even though, you know, I'm sure you're going to tell me you love them both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've, you've, you've done this before, haven't you? Um, <laughs> they, like, they, are, they were very different, and, and I guess you can't really say which one worked or which one worked best. I mean, we made a prelim and a grand final on the Bucks and a, and a prelim on the fly, but it's just about getting that um, team buy-in, I think, and... Um, yeah, learn a lot from both, and even coming through the college basketball system, it's it's totally different again. Um, the, the the way that's run, so I've definitely been exposed to to a lot of different coaching styles and organisational styles. And I think as long as you get that buy-in from the from the players and and everyone's on the same page, it's, you can't really tell which one works best. As long as yeah, as long as you get that from the players and the rest of the organisation. Talking to delisted magpie Jack Madgen, hoping to find a new home. Over the off season, was Bucks a little unlucky, Jack? That did did, uh, did the planets kind of just lose alignment for him? He could have changed his style to a more attacking style. We've all talked about that, but at the same time, um, you did have success under him a couple of years prior. That to the point that he wasn't far away from dragging you guys into into that uh, you know the premiership window. Yeah, I guess, and and even adding to that, we said he was probably a bit unlucky. Um, we, we we did have like a few injuries to our to our top talent, and then coming out of that COVID year or COVID couple of years, it was you know it was a bit uncertainty and everything was a little bit all over the shop. But um, I think to to be able to coach for ten years um, in, at an AFL level is is exceptional, and um, he seems to be in really enjoying his his role in the media now. And I've I've sort of had a couple of chats to him over the last um, couple of weeks. Just he sent me a message. Um, and I've I've gone back and forth with him, just saying how much I appreciated him giving me an opportunity. So, um, I, I mean, I would I would probably 
class his his time coaching at Collingwood as, as a success. I mean, not not everyone um, was able to achieve what what he was able to achieve. So yeah, I think he's ours now. I think he's in the media now. I don't think he's ever going back to clubland. I think he's enjoying his life with yeah. less pressure <laughs> too much. What yeah. was different about Craig McRae, Jack? Um, oh, I think the, obviously the you could see the contrast in game styles. Um, that was that was evident on on the TV, but also. Um, I think uh, Fly really coached a lot more culture and a lot more um, what we do off the field and how we carry ourselves. I mean, you heard him speak about acting like winners, um, where I think Bucks was a bit more, um, I guess, the X's and O's. Um, and obviously, uh, Fly had uh, Leffer there and Bol- uh, Justin Leffich, uh Brendan Bolton and Hayden Skipworth, and they, they ran a lot. I'd say they probably ran a, a bit more of the meetings, I guess, Fly being a first-year head coach and, and those guys having a lot of experience. Um, I guess I guess that was probably the, the two biggest differences was just the, uh, the, obviously the game plan and just like the meeting structure. That's that's what I found. You did come from a basketball family. You've mentioned well, your brother Ben and your sister Tess as well. You went to the US and played, uh, had a college scholarship over there, as you mentioned, and then came back here and played professionally as well. What did you pick up? in the college system? I mean, the college system is something that, to Australians, it, it seems like uh, it is a different world in a way. The colleges are so big. It's such a massive part of everybody's life. Once you go to a college, that's your college forever. Um, college basketball, sometimes college football has bigger crowds than sometimes the NFL. What did you learn from the college system? Well, I guess the first thing um, was I was coached extremely hard. Like... <laughs> I got yelled at and cussed at every day for four years, pretty much. <laughs> um, that was definitely a big chat. Like, because you can't speak to professionals, you know, sort of the way we were spoke to. Because you, you mm. just, you know, the coach would get fired, I guess. So mm. that was probably the biggest thing. And then just instilling the work ethic. Like we would, we would wake up at you know six a.m., lift weights, and then have to go to class, and then have to train in the afternoon. Sometimes come back after dinner and train again. So you'd be doing two, three days, and sometimes that was a day before a game. So definitely that that work ethic and I guess self um, self drive because I, I saw a lot of teammates that were more talented than me not not make it with the workload and the and the self drive and the discipline. So probably I'd say those two things. Um, and obviously I've, I wish I if I could go back I would do things a little bit differently um, in college. But yeah, it was definitely the um, yeah the the work ethic and self drive and and I mean I went to a school that only had probably six or seven thousand people and twenty thousand people in the town but the whole town was was behind the was behind the team so um that tight-knit community like you mentioned before was was awesome and when we got you know decent crowds at our game it was the the, the place was rocking so um yeah that's probably the probably the biggest things I, I took out of my time there and a couple of quick ones, Jack, before I let you go. Um, the ability to win close games, it was a trained thing. It must have been fun to be part of that trained thing and then have it work on match day. Yeah, I think, obviously, the, the, first, the first couple that happened, um, I guess you could, you could say might, might have been luck. But then after that, like you said, um, we'd been in that position so many times and there was just a real air of confidence. You know, we'd be down by three or four goals at three quarter time, and blokes were just in the, in the hose going, "Oh, we we got them right where we right where we want them." So, um, it was definitely a confidence thing, a train thing, and and I guess a, a credit to the fitness staff as well because we we did seem to um, have you know superior fitness at the end of those at the end of those tight games. And 
Jordan Dugowie, how good can he be? Yeah, I think you saw a little bit of it in the final series, didn't you? He was um, yeah. he was really good, and I think the I think one of the the best things about um, Jordy, especially the second half of the year, was was how much he bought into the to the team environment, and the organisation, and um, it, it was always around the club with a smile, and um, he you could tell he definitely um, yeah, really oh, enjoyed his his time, and and maybe the bit of a different um, feel around the club as well with that family family vibe and um, everything was upbeat like you couldn't tell if we won or we lost is what Fly would always say and I think he really enjoyed that aspect um, of being around the club Do you think we're going to get the best Jordan to go in 2023 that we've ever seen is he has he matured to that point Yeah I think he's yeah he's definitely from what he put in on um, the back end of last year and I think the big thing with him is always if he can if he can stay healthy and, and play you know 20 games um I definitely think he's got all the best, uh, or yeah, all the attributes to be able to do that. And people like him, where they can, you know, you can put him in the midfield for periods of time. He can go forward and kick goals. They're they're obviously what the game runs on, um, and they're, they're the really exciting people that draw crowds. So, I mean, I'll be watching, or hope maybe even hopefully playing against him, and that'll be a good problem to have <laughs> uh, going against someone like that because you know you, you'll want to play against the best. And um, yeah, I, I, I wish him. And the pies all the best for for the upcoming season. So, what tricks are you going to have in your bag if you play on him? Then, if you actually stood on him, what would you do? I would be putting whoever my teammate was right in front of him to help me out. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> no, he's a good. He, he's a good. He, people like that. I mean, you've, you've, it, they're very hard to defend one on one. It really needs to be done with within the system. Um, because you, you try to body him, and he's, he's actually quite strong and quite powerful off the mark. Um, but yeah, it's definitely all, all those all those superstars of the competition. It's, it's very hard to to take him out one on one. You definitely need a bit of help, and I think any defender in the comp would would probably agree with that. Jack, great to have you on. Uh, if anyone wants to contact you, I'm sure they can find you through Collingwood or through TLA. Your management at TLA will look after you. But uh, let's hope you get picked up, and uh, can't wait to be calling your name again next year. Yeah, thank you, mate. I really appreciate you having me on. Jack Madgen joining us, delisted Magpie, hoping for a new home. Back after the break, you're with Dwayne's World. It's been great to have so many of your texts come through, even while we're having a chat to Jack, that text machine to 40 Winks and Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Been great to have your company on Dwayne's World today. Thanks again for... The fill-in work done by the brilliant Sammy Edmund yesterday. I'm back again tomorrow, though, back again tomorrow and for the rest of the week. So looking forward to your company tomorrow. So please jump on that open line. Anything in the world of sport that tickles your fancy between now and tomorrow at midday, make sure you note it and uh, put that number in your phone, one 736 and give us a call tomorrow for midday. Mattis, that open line for Werribee Werribekia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribekia where else? And you can download the Dwayneswood podcast as well. Have not listened back to any of the chats that we had on the program today with Kyle Adnam from Southeast Melbourne, Phoenix, and from Jack Madgen. The chat we just had, it's all there on the podcast, the whole show, or the individual bits and pieces. You can download it and have a listen back in your own spare time. Please join me tomorrow at midday, but please, after the break, join Andy and Gazy.
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.